0: So welcome back to the Pogel Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Pearson. With me today is Alex Grushaw. Hello, Alex. Uh, Hello, Wayne. What's on tap today? Um, So we're going to talk about uh, technology today. Um, This season uh, in the Pogel Podcast, we're focusing on various aspects of facilitation and implementation of Pogel in various teaching settings. Um, We're going to be talking as we have so far with experienced Poggle users from around the country who utilize Pogle in their teaching settings and learn how they utilize Pogle in their classroom. Um, in today's episode, we will be discussing the use of technology in the teaching environment and how it can be used to facilitate the use of Poggle. In this episode, I will be talking with practitioners from three very different institutions who use technology in different ways. I'll have them describe their Uh, implementation, and then we'll discuss ways that it can be used in a Pogol setting. So with me today, moving from West to East, we have Tina Hansen from uh, California State University in Chico. Hi. Hey, Tina. I have Ja Lo from Washington University in St. Louis.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Hello. And Ruth Ann Paradise, who's at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Hello. Hey, good morning, Ruth Ann. So, um, having used a number of tech tools in my own teaching over the years, I want to point out to our listeners that technology is sometimes almost antithetical to the hands-on, in-person methods that we try to employ in a traditional Pogol setting. But if the pandemic has taught us anything, it is that we don't always get to choose the setting that we're teaching in. Um, And that's part of the reason for today's discussion of technology. So I want to begin with each of you uh, briefly uh, sort of describing the use of technology in your teaching. That is, what is that technology? How do you implement it in your teaching space? Uh, And how do the students interact with it? And what does it do for you, the instructor? So, uh, Jacques, can we start with you? You have classes that are about 200 students. What do you do there?
1: Yeah, so I teach uh, introductory general chemistry at Washington University in St. Louis. This class is about uh, 200 students in my section. We have two sections in total. Uh, In addition to lecture sections, we also have uh, smaller recitation classes with each uh, section is about 30 to 35 students. So in recitation, they do problem solving. Uh, That's the content is based on the uh, lecture. So for my lecture, I use a Poll Everywhere as a way to engage students with the material during class. So I present the question on the slide and then give students several minutes to think about it. Before opening the poll, I also encourage them to work with each other uh, while I work around the room to answer individual questions. And after that, I open the poll and let students vote. So they can enter their answers either through the Poll Everywhere app or the Poll Everywhere website or via text messages. The app and the websites are free, uh, but the text messages are not. Most students use the app, but either way would work. Um, after I close the poll, I often ask the students, volunteers to justify their answers, then review the correct answer and uh, the um, uh reasoning behind it. I try to do one poll question every lecture. Sometimes it's a quick recall. Uh, Sometimes it's a mid-lecture checking of a new concept or application. So when I do it for a mid-lecture checking, it gives me uh, the feedback about uh, where students' understanding is, whether they are confused or not. It also helps uh, the lecture uh, to uh, become small fragments so that I can reset their uh, attention span. And it also provides opportunities for students to work with each other during class. So that's uh, the technology I used for my lecture.
0: Okay, great. And so, um, but the idea here is, is in a, in a large classroom, engaging the students, getting some feedback from the students, and 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 they all are accountable for this. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so this is really a way to engage students in, uh, okay. with the material, but also help them to work uh, with each other. Because I promote teamwork uh, in in this class a lot. So I really want them to work with each other rather than just uh, individually solving the problem.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, Tina, you also have large classes and, and a polling system, and so you do some things similar, but there's also a little bit uh, difference there. Um, can you, can you tell us a little bit about
2: that? Yeah. So instead of using poll everywhere, I use pear deck, like the fruit pear deck. Um, it's also a, like a Google slide add-on that students can, Um, Answer questions through uh, logging onto a website. There's no app for this one or text messaging, um, but the website is friendly for uh, smaller devices like tablets and cell phones. Um, I chose Pear Deck over Poll Everywhere because there's more question types, so I can have students draw out structures and other things on their slides instead of um, just like multiple choice answers or short um, essay answers. Um, But I use it because in in my lecture, it's also a general chemistry course with 160 to 300 300 students. Um, I do try to do some activities in the lecture course occasionally, and the... um, Group management is very difficult with large groups. So for me, I use the polling software, I use it throughout the lecture, but when we're doing Pogol activities, I use it to make sure each student is participating in the group because they all know they're responsible for individual questions that I ask about the Pogol activity afterward. Um, so I found that it increases engagement instead of you know, handing in a piece of paper or something where only one person was writing down. Um, but then we do have a POGIL-based lab manual as well. So the introduction sections of each lab are a Pogle activity, a published Pogle activity. Um, and so in in that section, I don't use Pear Deck because we're not already using a Google Slide deck in the lab. Uh, we're just everything's pen and paper. Um, so for those report outs, I use Jamboard, which is a Google add-on because we're a Google campus, um, where each group can copy and paste their answer or type their answer or draw their answer onto, it looks like a PowerPoint slide, um, except it's sticky notes that you can add in and um, you can draw instead and things like that.
0: Okay, cool. And so, you know, I don't, I, I will also add that uh, Jamboard was, uh, you know, is is a very uh, useful tool in, you know, when you're doing things, not just with, you know, teams of students there in the laboratory. But uh, as we'll talk a little bit later, uh, it came to my rescue uh, during the pandemic uh, when uh, you basically are dealing with people uh, who are not all in the same room. Uh, and we also use this a lot in um, in workshops where there are uh, people at, at large distances. So it's a, it's a very useful tool. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, you talked a little bit about the laboratory there, Tina. Um, Ruthann, um, you also, you you teach and coordinate labs. That's that's a large part of your work function. Um, can you describe how you use technology to facilitate work uh, in your laboratory?
3: I would be happy to do that. Um, so at UMass, we are a Google campus and a Microsoft Teams campus. Um, so I could use either uh, Google app applications or Teams. And so the courses that I teach Uh, highly require using a lot of data analysis and I have found that the Microsoft environment um, plays a little bit nicer uh, with the tools that I use so what I do is I have a in uh, Microsoft teams I have some Excel sheets um, that the students can um, all access and edit and so between my different lab sections so i have a lab section on say wednesday and a section on thursday and a section on friday and i'll have students add data on wednesday and my students on thursday and friday can then look back at the data from wednesday enabling them to asynchronously share data between groups Um, and this is important for my laboratory setting because i have um, a round robin setting where Different groups are doing different experiments at different times, and so I can't have across the entire class sharing data that way. So they share data asynchronously across days using uh, Microsoft Teams.
0: Okay, and um, I mean, for people who are not necessarily familiar with Microsoft Teams, is that is it works similarly to like? I mean, more people are, I think are familiar with like Google Sheets and uh, sharing stuff like that. Is, is this is similar? Similar. Type of technology, or is, or there, there's some features that I mean. You said it, this seems to work better for you. What's what's the what's the better aspect in this case?
3: So the reason that I have um, chosen Teams is there they're fairly similar um, using Google Sheets versus uh, Google Teams, uh, or sorry, Microsoft Teams. Um, is that the level of analysis that I do with my students? is a bit easier to do in Excel versus the Google Sheets. And that's why I've chosen it. If you're doing some really basic um, data sharing, Google Sheets is is the way to go because it's, it's actually a slightly more stable environment than the Microsoft Teams. The Microsoft Teams right. freaks out when you get like 200 students trying to access the same Excel sheet. Whereas Google <laughs> Sheets, would be, uh, I think it would still be stable with 200 students trying to do something on it.
0: Right. And and, and so, I mean, I, I've found again in my work, which is, you know, I'm teaching classes that are sort of similar to yours. Google Sheets works fine, but you, could, you can only go so far with your level of analysis. And I find that my students end up porting it over to Excel on their computer and then, port, you know, moving that back up. Uh, into into Google Sheets, or yeah. So, um, so uh, up to this point, uh, we've been describing uh, technology, you know, and 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 different things that we're using, but not really talking about uh, Pogol much. Uh, so, and as I mentioned at the top, many of these environments we're talking about today do not necessarily lend themselves to Pogol, but users certainly could adapt these technologies to improve. The Pogo-like characteristics of a class using these technologies, um, and I think all three of you had sort of hinted at that, where you're trying to where you're trying to do things. Um, so actually, Tina, I'm going to start with you. Um, can you sort of give us a little bit more Pogo flavor of where you're wh- how you're utilizing your technology uh, to really implement either the process skills or the guided inquiry nature of 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 your activities in class.
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I actually remembered one more technology as well that I used. So during the pandemic, we switched to um, an online environment and put all of our groups into breakout rooms and switched our lab manual to an online format and found that it was really handy for the students to be able to screen share um, their lab manual while they were working on it. So it really helped with some of those, you know, group work dynamics um, in this, in the, um, in the breakout rooms. And when we came what, back to in person.
0: Yeah, I was going I was just going to ask what, what was the technology used to, to share all that?
2: Yeah, so so we just used Zoom when we were all online and, and oh, okay. so you could see the recorder typing in the shared screen, right? On the shared document.
0: Oh, right. Okay. And we really
2: enjoyed the fact that the other group members were a lot more involved in the decision-making process when they were watching the recorder filling out the sheet, where before we just had the recorder filling it out on paper and the other group members working on, you know, slightly different but similar things for the group um but this really increased engagement and that group work dynamic when they were watching it Um, and so when we came back to in person we realized we lost that and the students really wanted that back um and really were like oh I wish I could just screen share this with you you know even though they're sitting in the same room they were still on their laptops because we didn't want to share documents so we still kept the lab manual online for sanitary reasons um and so we used a google chrome add-on because again we're a google campus um called kami with k-a-m-i
0: okay
2: that allowed them to create basically a google doc out of their pdf lab manual and share it with each other so they were all working on the same pdf at the same time and then they could also draw on it and other things that you could do more like in real life than you can um online so that really helped with so a lot of those those Pogol dynamics um, in the group, but then the the share out was tough because I would have had to log into each individual group's CAMI document to see their lab manual or, um, you know, have students log into other groups' uh, CAMI document. It was just kind of um, okay. right. a mess. So that was when we started. So the sharing only
0: goes so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's yes. when we started okay.
2: putting the... Jamboard up on the big screen. And so everybody would just copy and paste their answers or replicate the drawing of their answer or whatnot, right onto the Jamboard to share.
0: Yeah. My, my experience with, with Jamboard was, was this, you know, during the pandemic and the the way that it worked for me was, you know, with my individual teams that I'd have on Zoom, uh, they would each get a page as their quote recorder sheet and the recorder and actually anybody could because it would sort of be seen there. And, you you know, as you, you could sort of see who was actually connected to each Jamboard. But then what I would notice is students from Team A would actually go over to Jamboard for Team B and Team C to see what they were doing. So it was sort of like looking over the shoulder of people who were in the classroom, even though they were all in different breakout rooms on Zoom. So Jamboard could be used in that way to sort of, Sort of share out recorder sheets, um, and I tried to replicate that when we went back in person. But then that requires everybody to have their technology in front of them, and because I was, you know, having them do paper and pencil activities, um, it sort of took away from, you know, they would be looking at their activity book, and then instead of writing stuff on a recorder sheet, they would then go to their laptop and and do stuff. It it, it didn't work as well in person, but I could see in a in a larger. Uh, group that might be useful um Xa, you want to chime in here a little bit and tell us a little bit about uh more about how you uh use group dynamics
1: sure so um like i said that for my class there are two components one is the lecture section and the other is the recitation section so the recitation section is for uh Group work and we actually use the Pogo format there. So during pandemic, again, because of everything shifted to online, we also use the Zoom um, as a tour. So we have uh, all the students in those uh, small rooms, and I use the Google Sheets as a place for them to report their answer. I actually tried both ways. So first, I use the Google slides so with one slide for each group. And then I realized that so when they enter their answer in, it could easily um, mess up the format of the slide. Sometimes they don't have uh, enough space, so I have to uh, 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 select uh, certain problems for them to report, and other problems I just cannot ask them to report because of the format. <clears throat> and then I also use the Google Sheets. So the Google Sheets. Uh, like Alex pointed out, I actually have just a one sheet for all, all groups. It's just that I indicated the first column is for group one, second column is for group two, so that they can see uh, their uh, peers' answer. So the recorder from each group is um, responsible for reporting the group answer. So from there, I can see their progress. And if I notice the uh, one group is much slower than the other groups, then I would pop in, into that breakout room and check on them. Or I noticed that uh, one group has a very different answer than the other group. That's also a hint. They probably did something wrong, so I want to check on them. But also, it provides an opportunity for them to check on each other's answer, so they realize that my group answer is different from yours, so maybe we did something wrong, so they could go back to check on their own. It also provide a central place for them to have all the answers so they have access to the google sheets even after class so if they wanted to revisit any of those questions they can do that after class so that that's what i did for uh, the pandemic uh, and i think after we switch back to in-person we kind of just uh, no longer use any technology in the uh, classroom exactly for the same reason. That's the technology require everybody have laptop, have those, uh, uh, the, you know, the um, smart devices. Not everybody are uh, having those uh, handy. But uh, talking about pull everywhere uh, usage in the lecture setting, I think that could be an easy... Uh, tour for those recitation class. So, for example, we can choose certain problems and just ask students to uh, enter their answers through the Poll Everywhere app. So that's still a way of having them uh, report their answer. Uh, but it's not—it's not the ideal uh, situation, like reporting to every question because that's impossible. But still, I think that's a possible way to use it.
0: Yeah. I- so I'm I'm also wondering as 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 we're talking here, um one of the things that you know that you know, we still have Pogle practitioners who are, you know, not teaching, you know, their students, you know, aren't all in the same room. Okay. So there are people who do distance learning and things like that. And it's not necessarily uh, asynchronous. Um, I, I can see where I can't see where much of like the polling type stuff can be it's not going to work very well asynchronously, but, you know, the, the poll anywhere and uh, the technology, uh, Tina, that you were talking about, those could actually be used for, for distance learning. Like if you were giving a lecture online over zoom, you could actually poll your students, even if they're not in the same room. Am I correct about that? Tina, you want to chime in there?
2: Yeah. So with, that was one of the reasons I actually chose Pear Deck over poll everywhere is it you can, they can log in from anywhere in the world during the live synchronous lecture, okay. but you can also make an asynchronous activity where the students can go through your slide deck and respond to each one individually. Um, so you you can do it either way, either synchronous or asynchronous with Pear Deck.
0: Okay, cool. Sha, you have something else to say on that?
1: Yeah, so maybe I know this incorrectly, but uh, it—I have the impression that poll everywhere would also allow students to participate asynchronously. So they have. uh, So once you activate the poll, unless you manually close the poll, it actually will remain open for probably several hours. So for students who are not physically in lecture they can still participate and they can still participate even right. after class.
0: Okay. So these these are ways to to again establish some some level of engagement of students with material uh, you know even if the the it's not the ideal pogel setting. Ruth Ann you have anything else you want to uh share about like using these electronic uh technology pieces for uh pogel use?
3: Yes. Um, the other, like, Tina and Jale, are talking about the, the group work and the, the reporting out. Because I'm using the Microsoft Teams, the students are keeping an electronic lab notebook. And so we're able to actually have um, different students record into the lab notebook and it's shared across the, the group that's working on the experiment together. The other piece of technology that I've used is um, Gradescope, which is um, a grading tool. And in that, I've actually had students do self-reflection on their, uh, their process skills. And having them answer questions on how are you doing on your communication and your team management and that sort of thing, um, and so that's another way that I have been able to get feedback from the students on their process skills as they're working on uh, disparate experiments and they have different process skills that they're focusing on.
0: So the uh, grade scope uh, is just it... online.
3: Yeah, grades. Yeah, Gradescope is an online um, grading tool that initially was you just upload a document and you can uh, grade different sections and it has a rubric that's associated with it. Uh, it now has some actually like interactive like assignments where you can have fill in this block or fill in this block. And the other aspect that I have enjoyed about it, which is Totally not pogle related is that the rubric if you decide that something was weighted wrong, you can change that weighting and it automatically adjusts all all assignments um, that's why I initially turned to it, but I found it useful for um, reflection for my students
0: oh cool, so you know that that's a very important pogle aspect, and then that's something that they can also do sort of parallel to you know their lab work or whatever activity they're working on. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily interfere with, you know, the group dynamic that you're trying to get at in the classroom, but it gives the students some self, self-reflection self time, as you pointed out.
3: So another tool that I found useful uh, is CatMay. It allows the students to do peer evaluations and allows them to give either um, identified or anonymous feedback to their peers about how they're doing as a group. and allows me to get some insights as to how uh, the teammates are getting along, if there's any clicks, if there's any issues going on as they're working together.
0: Great. Um, well, I, I really want to thank you all for uh, taking time to share your insights today. Um, uh, this has been really uh, interesting. Uh, I've learned a few things. Hopefully, I don't have to implement them in uh, pandemic mode again, um, but uh, I, I hope that this is uh, something that is uh, useful to those of us Poggle practitioners who don't have the ideal pogol classroom, but uh, want to be able to use technology uh, to uh, get their students more engaged in their learning process. So for the Pogle podcast, this is Alex Grushow, and I want to thank ja, Ruth, Anne, and Tina for uh, joining us today. Well, there you have it. Wow, what a lot of information in this one episode. I'm sure there is something here for everybody who has struggled with reporting out in the Pogo classroom. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Again, if you go to hashtag the Pogo podcast on the Facebook page, the Pogo Practitioners Facebook page, you will be able to let us know how you use technology in the classroom for reporting out or for whatever reason. You might be using technology. So uh, it's so long for now. We are going to be back in the new year with more episodes of the Pogel Podcast. Keep on listening. Bye bye.